Welcome to Musings of an Extrovert. My name is Darwin Wentes. I am your resident extrovert, and I am your host. Uh, I'm very excited for today's episode. Today, I'm doing another interview. I love doing interviews. It's so fun talking to people. Um, last interview, I was talking to my favorite person, uh, and now I'm talking to another one of my favorite people. Uh, this is a good friend of mine. He is part of my church he's also part of a close group of friends he's gonna be in my bridal party i get now my groomsman party i don't know what to call that but he's gonna be in that and uh he's a really really cool guy i'd like to welcome dustin ronzo dustin tell everyone's tell everyone hi hey darvin thanks for having me um thank you for the warm welcome and yeah i'm glad to be here yeah uh, so, uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Give us, uh, what, what's one cool thing that you do or that you think is cool. Uh, and then one thing that you think is nerdy about yourself. Um, one cool thing. Um, I'd say, well, one of my summer jobs when I was little, well, not little, but like in high school and college was I worked at a jet ski rental business and so I basically got to ride jet skis for free and just goof around in the sun with all my friends and got paid for it so that, that was cool. pretty awesome yeah what's um, a nerdy thing about you nerdy thing uh well uh as we might get to in a little bit I'm in medical school now and you know I I never thought I would enjoy studying all day every day but these past few years I've found that I really love going to coffee shops and then just studying uh, diseases or physiology of the body just endlessly. It's super interesting to me, and yeah, I love it. Interesting. Studying all the time. Definitely not my speed. <laughs> I mean, I like learning all the time. I don't know that I would right. enjoy sitting down and like looking at a textbook all the time, you know? Is that kind of what you're doing, or are you doing a lot of different things? Are you doing flashcards and and all the, all the stuff. Yeah, actually, I haven't opened a textbook in the past three years for medical school. So <laughs> things have changed a lot. Uh, I use flashcards. Online flashcards are huge for me. Um, like even just YouTube videos or other uh, online videos, uh, resources for like medical knowledge. Um, yeah, just either watching videos or doing flashcards mm. and yeah. Well, tell me, tell me about one uh, one cool piece of medical knowledge that you've learned in the last twelve months. Hmm. Cool piece of medical knowledge. Um. Well, we had a class on heart, lung, kidney, which is supposedly kind of the one of the bigger classes of our curriculum, and I kind of went into there not knowing almost anything about the kidney. Mm -hmm. Um. You could have asked me what it did even when I was after first year, and I probably would have like stumbled <laughs> over my words uh so i think just figuring out you know the function of the kidney how blood flows through it and to these little tubules and then some things get filtered out some things get put back into the blood which will into the urine which will be uh urinated out obviously but um yeah i just i loved actually the physiology and uh how the kidney works hmm. so that was pretty cool that's cool the kidney Mm -hmm. I, I don't think about all of my organs too often, <laughs> you know, maybe every other, other week. I, I might do a muse on organs at some point, probably not, but I don't think <laughs> about them very often. Um, so heart, lung, kidney, why are they grouped together? 
Um, well, it's kind of like the core class. Obviously, heart, lung, and kidney are very important organs that we have. Um, and so they this class is a little longer. It gives a little more time to studying the individual organs. Um, and other than that, I'm, I mean, I'm not too sure how they grouped them. I'm not sure if other med schools do the same thing or not, hmm. but uh, that's what EVMS chose to do. Okay, yeah, I guess they're, they're kind of some very very important if they go out you know it's <laughs> yeah, interesting your, your your brain's kind of important too though if your brain goes That's you're kind of gone pretty important. you know um so <laughs> could be brain lung kidney heart <laughs> right brain lung heart um okay cool so uh, tell me about kind of like your experience in med school starting out and then now kind of on the other side of the elephant that has been here for the last two years, COVID, you know, yeah. um, you started med school in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I understand, you also did a, uh, a degree essentially, mm -hmm. uh, before that in order to get into med school. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, uh, I graduated college and then worked for a year and then applied to medical school and didn't get an interview didn't hear back at all from mm -hmm. any I might have applied to like 10 or so schools um didn't hear anything back so then I was Gosh, kind of thinking about hard. what to do yeah that was pretty tough uh kind of just assumed it would come to me but uh yeah I had to work a little harder and um a mentor at EVMS uh who I know now he reached out to me he was in admissions and said that I should check out this master's program that EVMS has, hmm. um, which is actually a really cool program because they actually take students who didn't get into medical school and they put them pretty much through first year medical school classes. And then if you are in maybe the top half or the top third of that class, they'll accept you into their uh, medical school and then you'll repeat that first year again. But um, it's a pretty cool concept because then they mm. actually see that, you know, you can handle what they're giving to you. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, very tough program because obviously everyone wants to do well. Everyone wants to get in and not everyone can. Um, so it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds tough. I mean, if it's a, did you say the top third? Yeah. Top third, to top half. Gotcha, man. That, that is hard. I, I, I personally wouldn't like a class like or a course like that, a, a degree like that myself. Cause like, I don't like having that type of competition with people. Right. Like when it comes to, uh, like your academic competition, mm -hmm. I am not the, the person who wants the academic competition. Right. Um, and so that would be very, very tough for me. Uh, how, uh, so for you, how was the experience? Did you feel like you were constantly like in competition with people? Was it really like grueling and like did you feel like you had to outperform anybody and everybody or did it feel a lot more casual than that uh so surprisingly the culture at least the culture of my class uh was pretty good uh we were pretty supportive of each other and sharing with resources which you wouldn't really expect in that kind of a program uh but i was lucky to have a lot of really good people surrounding me and um but also, so I lived uh, 40 minutes away from campus, so really I wasn't involved in, involved in any, like, uh, drama or, like, gossip between, like, P 
people in my class uh, mm-hmm. just because I was never really there. Yeah. And I hung out with some people in my class every now and then. But for the most part, I was, you know, at home or at a coffee shop studying on my own. Um, yeah. uh, but other than that, it, it was a great class. And uh, I still have a lot of friends from that MedMaster class that I still keep in contact now that are also in my um, medical school class. Um but it was tough because you did know that you were competing with every other person. Yeah. Um, so it was, there was always a goal, you know, when you had a test, you wanted to do like above a standard deviation above the mean, basically. Um, and so when you didn't reach that goal, it get, got kind of uh, a little stressful wondering if like, oh my gosh, like I might did not get in soon. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be tough for me. I'm glad you did it, though, because now you're in med school and you're in your third year. Today was the first day, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, overall, it was a great experience. I learned a lot about studying. Um, I totally redid the way I studied Mm -hmm. compared to, like, undergrad or high school. Tell me about that. um, How did you study in in undergrad versus how you study now? Sure. Uh, Yeah, so for high school and undergrad – Honestly, I feel like I didn't study that much. Me either. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I felt like certain things kind of came pretty easy to me without studying. Mm. Um, maybe if I did study a little more, I wouldn't have had to do the master's program. So I wasn't a straight-A student in college at all. Um, but once I got into this program, I, I knew I couldn't slack off at all. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had another good mentor who's a year above me in med, med school because he had gone through the same master's program, and he kind of told me what he did to get in and uh, all his strategies. Um, and so, like, one example is there's this uh, online application called Anki, which is like a online flashcard mm-hmm. app, um, and basically it it works through spaced repetition. So you might write a card or download a bunch of different cards and Mm -hmm. like if i did it today and i got it right it'd come back in like a few days if i got it right in a few days it'd come back in like 10 days so and if i did it if i got it wrong well then i'd see it the next day so it kind of works on repeating the stuff that uh, you don't know very well and kind of spacing out the stuff that you do know pretty well so it's it's a really efficient way of studying um, there's kind of this funny, uh, rivalry in med school between people who love Anki, like absolutely love it, which mm-hmm. I consider myself one of those people and people who just totally detest Anki and can't stand <laughs> just memorizing like overt facts yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but it's worked out well so far. That's um, good. so you, and you kind of supplement like learning new complicated things with videos of other teachers you know explaining it through and then you can kind of just repeat those uh facts through Anki gotcha so you you and I talked um over lunch like what was that like two or three weeks ago now yeah um, I'd say so. it was a little bit ago and we were talking about your boards and when all of those things are happening when w- did you already do your boards exam you had a you said it was like gonna be a six hour exam five hour exam something like that yeah, so I took my first one. It's called Step 1, and you take it at the end of your second year of school. And that, I think it was, it's seven, it's eight uh, one-hour blocks, um, and each block has 40 questions. 
and so uh, yeah it ends up being about eight hours but if you end each section early you can get out a little early so it didn't take quite eight hours but it's a long test yeah um, I'd say and my class is the first one that it's pass fail for so honestly it was pretty low stress yeah um, after taking a few practice tests and passing them it was much less stressful for my for me than for the people before me who had uh, graded tests yeah Oh so. my gosh! So it was pass fail. You said you mm -hmm. guys are the first class, and this is this this is like all of the United States. Right. This is the first class. Yep. That it's pass fail. Mm -hmm. Um, is that because it's such a preliminary test that you know the graded measure wasn't as necessary as towards the end of your med school? Like why why did they make it pass mm -hmm. fail? You know I don't know the real reason because uh, step one so the test that we're talking about. Um, residencies would still look at step one pretty heavily for mm. your grades through med school. Um, so I think uh, in general, it's kind of a move towards uh, a holistic approach to uh, looking at applicants for residency gotcha. um, in regards to like looking at more extracurricular stuff, volunteer, um, and looking a little bit less at grades. So I, I assume that's kind of the main Part thing that they're going at. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you have gone through two full years of med school mm -hmm. and you also went through, was it two years of that, the, the master's program? Or was it a year? Master's uh, that was program? one year. It was one year. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's three years of kind of, you know, new information plus one year of about repeat information. Mm. Um, what was that time like for you? Because it was in the middle of mm -hmm. a, pandemic i hate using that word anymore right. but like it was in the middle of a really big medical issue within the whole world mm -hmm. and uh, you know hospitals were under the strictest of rules i imagine that med schools probably had some strict rules too so what what was that like yeah so it was at the end of my master's program that i was i had taken from 2019 fall of 2019 the spring of 2020 um, so it was right in that latter half of the master's program that COVID hit and everything kind of just instantly went online. Um, to be honest, it didn't affect me that much because, you know, I studied on my own anyway. The only difference was that I didn't go to lectures live, hmm. uh, but they would just post them online anyway. So everything um, was in online, online lectures, yeah. online classes, mm -hmm. everything moved online yeah everything was online um even tests were kind of at home tests taken online uh that was that was also a big difference um but it didn't really change your mindset at all you still knew you had to work hard and uh get a good grade on the test in order to you know stay competitive yeah so um I guess one of the biggest things for me was that I couldn't go to coffee shops and study anymore because they were closed. <laughs> yeah. So I was just studying in my room instead, um, which maybe kept me a little more, a little less distracted. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So uh, tell me about your like coffee shop, your love of coffee shops. How many coffee shops since going to med school <laughs> have you been to? That's a tough question. I it might take me a while to count <laughs> them, um, but. I just love going somewhere, honestly, and being around a lot of people that aren't studying. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, taking a 
break here and there just to look up and like see other people interacting around me it's super cool um just kind of reminds you that you're not really in this little shell by yourself like yeah. there's a whole world out there yep. um and you know this this content that i'm studying right now isn't the whole world yeah so it's a good reminder um uh, that just kind of helps me put things in perspective of you know what's important and you know what's what's right in front of me basically yeah, yeah that's um, cool uh, so what uh, what is your favorite coffee shop of the coffee favorite. shops you've been to? Ooh. These are all, I'm assuming, Hampton Roads coffee shops, unless yeah. you did some studying at coffee shops out of state. Uh, I went to one in Raleigh, which is really cool, but um, I'd say my favorite in the area, I think Sawdust Road and American Brew might be tied for first. Maybe American Brew might get a little more leg up because they're open later. Sawdust mm -hmm. closes at three every day. Uh, if Sawdust closed at like seven or eight every day, I'd always It'd go there. Sawdust. Yeah, yeah. So did did I introduce you to American Brew, or did someone else introduce you to American Brew? How did you how do you come across that one? Because that one's uh, on like the opposite side of Virginia Beach. Yeah. And I feel like I remember something about you, your brother, and and, and everyone never really going out in that direction. Um. Honestly, I can't remember. <laughs> I I know that we met there once uh, yeah. for a little bit, but I feel like I might have just looked up on maps like different coffee shops. Coffee in the shops, area. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. And that one that one's a great coffee shop. Mm. I love American Brew personally. During during the pandemic, I mean, yeah. they had um, a window outside, and mm. they still have that window outside. And I think they had it before um, before it happened, but you know they they made it more accessible during right. um because they weren't letting anyone into the shop but i would go there before church on sundays uh and i would go grab a coffee at the window sit outside walk on the lesnar bridge mm. and then drive back out to my house in ocean view you know yeah um, what made you choose that one of the other all the other hampton roads coffee shops well there was one so there's coaster coffee which is right down the road uh on uh tidewater drive it, have you been to coaster Yes, I've been there a few times. Yeah, I like that. So Coaster Coffee, it's right down the road. I like Coaster. Uh, I like their coffee. Their coffee's great. Um, but I didn't really like the seating arrangements and the environment in there as much as I liked American Brew. I think I'm more partial to the water, you know, and mm -hmm. so the water was right there. If I wanted to go walk by the beach, I could grab a coffee and walk by the beach. Right. Um, you know, or walk on the bridge in the back. So I really liked that about American Brew. And it was, you know, 10 minutes from my house. So I think Coaster Coffee was just a little short of a drive, maybe like seven minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't know of any other coffee shops that were as close as American Brew to right. my old place. So I think just proximity as well as it's kind of leg up over Coaster with the ocean being right there is probably why I chose that one. Gotcha. For anyone else. Um, but... In that time, like I, I discovered so many, so many different places, like Blue Cow, the mm. ice cream shop. It's right on Shore Drive and the end of Great Neck, I believe. Um, there's the Delta Hotel that used to be the Virginia Beach Hotel or something like that, right at the very end. And there's uh, Hot Tuna, is right in that parking lot right. with the Food Lion. Oh yeah. And then there's uh, Blue Cow ice cream. Which is right down. Kinda is like it the Blue back, Cow? The back corner of near where Hot Tuna is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. in that back corner. I, I think it's called Blue Cow. I could be wrong. Um, 
Is blue cow might might no blue bell is the ice cream like right. brand that you find in the stores and blue cow is the ice cream shop hmm. very good ice cream took liana there actually uh for maybe like a fourth date fifth date oh. something like that um yeah we got ice cream a lot um <laughs> do you remember when i told you that i um if the date if the second date was going well that i would take her to go get ice cream at lolly's oh yeah and then if it wasn't i would i would like not do it <laughs> She always she always brings it up now. Like I tell I tell or we're talking about ice cream and something, and then she'll like tell whoever the friends are that we're talking about that. She'll be like, "Yeah, didn't you know he did, he said this to his friends?" Then <laughs> she'll be laughing about it, and she she's yeah. joking. So, uh, but yeah, that Blue Cow is is a great ice cream shop. I took her there. So okay, um, I have to try that. Yeah, you should get out there. There's a lot of really good stuff out in that direction. Mm. Uh, you also have, oh man, what is that? It's next to Shore Break out there. Oh, I forget the name of it, but it's a really great restaurant out there too, um, close to uh, um, Chicks. Uh, okay. So on the opposite side of Chicks, you keep going a little bit. There is a coffee shop out there that I didn't go to during the pandemic, but after the pandemic started, like probably a year and a half into it, mm-hmm. I found that it's Lynn Haven Coffee Company. Have yeah, you been there? Yeah, I've been there a couple yeah. times. Lynn Haven Coffee Company is really good. I actually really like it. I didn't know it was there until a while ago. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah, it's a nice little shop. Yeah. Um, so have you been to – how many of the coffee shops in Norfolk have you been to? Um, we'll see. There's Coalescence, Stella, Cure, um, Coaster, like you said – fairgrounds um i have not been the norfolk cold pressed um i think the uh, norfolk it's town center cold press is what you're referring to right yeah or is it's it like, actually called norfolk cold press oh no it's called town center cold press but, but that always confuses me why they call it that but yeah they have it in norfolk yeah that one i think they actually closed that one down oh yeah okay. i it's Missed now they like transitioned it into something else but i remember there was a swing dance night going on like you know a year and a half Mm -hmm. maybe like last year early in the year going on there and um they like they totally closed down town center cold press there i'd gone there once before so that's how i knew it was there but i was like hmm that's weird that they closed it down it's in ghent you would think it would do well yeah you know because there's so much there um have you so fairgrounds coffee mm-hmm. what do you think about fairgrounds um it's so, very different from all the other coffee shops just mm-hmm. like the atmosphere i think um uh to be honest i don't i can't tell the difference between like good coffee and bad coffee so i'm not a good judge of that but, but you're a drip coffee person that surprises me that you don't know the difference because yeah. drip coffee people are the ones who are like this coffee's good this coffee's not good you yeah. know i mean if it tastes like mud i can tell but like other than <laughs> that it's all the same to me yeah i gotcha um but yeah fairgrounds it's a cool setup and like the they have a little i don't know what you call it but their shop has like a out pouch of like tables and yeah. stuff with like giant windows and it gets kind of hot over there but <laughs> um i like studying there too yeah there's a pub right down the road from fairgrounds mm. and they sell really really great i think they're they're like a cheese fry type dish uh, oh it's tater tots peck and pour not peck and pour um 411 is that uh, what it's okay. called I, I don't even know i don't remember 
I don't remember some of the names of the places that I go to, and it's so bad because I like them and I really like them. Yeah. Like 420. Have you been to that? Uh, yeah. Wait, no. 8020. 8020. Not 420. 8020. I've been there. 420. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 8020. Uh, those burgers there are so good. Mm-hmm. Except, I remember the first time I got I got a burger there. I wasn't the biggest fan. But the other burgers that my friends got there, I was like, oh my gosh, those look so good. <laughs> so yeah, their burgers are really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me something cool about your med school. Like what is one cool thing that you, like cool tech, cool procedures, mm-hmm. cool things that you've gotten to be a part of yeah. uh, while being in med school? Uh, yeah, I think one of my favorite things, which I think EVMS is <clears throat> more on the leading edge of this, is uh, ultrasound and teaching ultrasound to med students. Hmm. So uh, our first two years, we kind of had a, a class throughout those two years of teaching us how to ultrasound different parts of the body. Like the heart was really cool, um, the liver, kidneys, uh, certain joints. Um, I think that's really cool and it's such an efficient and I think useful tool to and a skill to have um, you know if you think something's going on in the abdomen you can just put an ultrasound right there and um, you know have the answer instantly almost depending on what it is yeah um, and so that I think that has really advanced a lot of medical care recently yeah. Um, so I hope that whatever I go into in the future, that I'll be able to incorporate that um, mm-hmm. and continue to get better. At yeah. That. Yeah. So tell me what what is for, you know, like someone who's not in medical school um, and who doesn't know much about medicine. What exactly is an ultrasound? Is it like an x-ray? Is it like we know that people use it to go find out, mm-hmm. if, you know, how their baby's doing? Yeah. Most people know that. Um, but like what exactly is it right so uh, it's just another way to image uh, certain things on the, on the inside of the body um, it uses sound waves kind of like bats or like dolphins use to mm. communicate um, it uses those sound waves and depending on the way that they bounce back to the ultrasound probe which is kind of the tool that you're using to send off those sound waves depending on the way they uh, reach that probe again then it generates this picture that Hmm. um you know you can see things relatively clearly um and yeah there's not really much preparation you need to do um it doesn't take a while you can i mean it's instant um and you'll have like a screen right there that's showing you what's what's happening that's super cool Mm -hmm. so ultrasounds make human bats essentially (laughs) yeah almost that's cool um so you you touched on this in your last answer, uh, the future. Like what what are you kind of thinking now? You're two years into med school, into your third year, and uh, like you know, before, I think I asked you this question probably over the last three years, a couple different ways and a couple different times, and mm-hmm. I feel like your answer has slowly changed over that time um, because at first you thought maybe this was what I want and then you weren't sure about what you want. And so where are you at now? Like what's kind of the, the thought, do you think that you want this type of medicine versus this one? You know, tell us about that. Uh, I worked in uh, an orthopedics uh, surgeon's office before medical school. So I've kind of always leaned towards that cause it's more comfortable. I know like uh, the types of doctors that are in that field. Um, 
I and yeah, in general, I'm just more comfortable with that because I spent a couple years uh, in that setting. Um, I still think that's a front runner right now because I also am pretty sure I do want to do something with my hands, uh, mm-hmm. some sort of surgery. Um, and so that'd be a good one for that. Uh, another one which is very different, almost like opposite end of the spectrum that I am also interested in is pediatric hematology oncology, which is, uh, you know, blood and cancer diseases mm. uh, in kids. Um, and so, yeah, I actually told the doctor that I was uh, working with today that those are the two things I was thinking about. And uh, I don't think he let it go for the rest of the day that I was choosing two of the like most different things that I could, <laughs> um, you know, because to be in pediatric uh, cancer, it's, uh, you know, obviously a tough field and yeah. you have to have a special heart for that. Um, and on the other end, to be an orthopedic surgeon, they kind of have the rep that they're like the dumb jocks of the field. Hmm. Uh, I don't think they're dumb at all, but, you know, that's uh, the stereotype um and so yeah normally like not known for their bedside manner just known for their surgical skills whereas gotcha. you know working with kids you got to have that really great bedside manner yeah um so yeah he also said i was uh too nice to go into orthopedics so <laughs> <laughs> they're also not quite known for that although all the surgeons that i've shadowed have been amazing and you know, they're actually the reason that I've, I'm thinking about this field, uh, which is really competitive. So I, I'm hoping to be able to get into it. Um, but I'm not of the illusion that like, it'll, it's easy to become that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, how exactly do people get into the field? So, you know, take us to graduation. Um, you finished all your residencies. Uh, how exactly do you get into a particular specialty? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you need to go to a residency specifically for that specialty um, in all cases? Or, you know, do some residencies kind of be something that make you well-equipped for, you know, a certain grouping of mm-hmm. different types of specialties? How does that work? So your uh, third and fourth years, like we've talked about, you have rotations, which are kind of uh, four to six-week stints at different specialties and different hospitals and then you graduate and then um by then you've applied to residencies Mm -hmm. and the residencies are kind of that first uh time that you're choosing your specialty so some of them like orthopedic surgery or emergency medicine um there there can be some further specialization in those fields but for the most part i mean if you go into orthopedic surgery you're going to be an orthopedic surgeon if you go in the emergency medicine, you're going to be emerg- an emergency medicine doctor. Uh, but if you get there's kind of another one called internal medicine, which kind of encompasses pretty much everything in the hospitals, basically. Mm. So you could go into internal medicine and be a cardiologist um, working with people's hearts, or you could be a pulmonologist uh, studying the lungs, or a nephrologist with kidneys. Um, so uh, internal medicine is kind of like a big grouping that you can go a lot of different pathways after that but other ones are pretty uh specialized at the front end so yeah you it is you go to your residency because you want to be that Mm. particular thing so there are specific residencies so i'm guessing the residencies for orthopedic surgery are pretty competitive in order to get into that field 
Um, so do you apply for different hospitals than after a residency? Uh, and when you apply for residencies, is that like basically applying to a whole other school? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you apply during your fourth year of medical school for these residencies and they could be anywhere from three years long to seven years long. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, once you graduate, you have your degree, but you're actually not licensed to practice medicine. Hmm. You have to complete one of these residencies and then you can be uh, licensed to practice on your own. So you have to go after you complete a residency licensed to practice on your own. Does that come with just completing the residency or does that come with having to like do a dissertation and then be presented in front of some people to take a, a particular test. Like how does, how does that? Uh, as far as I know, yeah, you, you obviously have to make it through the residency. Um, and you'll also have, you know, your board's tests to pass to get that accreditation. Um, but I think that's about it. Gotcha. Okay, cool, man. Well, that's, uh, a lot of medical school stuff. Um, I think I think medical school, I, I think you said to me earlier that like you don't know how interesting medical school is going to be to people out there, but most people don't know like what mm -hmm. all comes with medical school. Like they know that it's just a lot of work. You know, I think most people think, oh, you're in med school. That just means you're super duper smart, you know, um, but they just don't know what it entails. Like they don't know the the different steps that it takes to get through medical school, uh, how med school isn't necessarily like, you know, you're just going for one thing when you go to med school. That one thing is once you get to residency, you know, like there's still stuff that you can specialize a little bit within med school, learn a little more right. about this or learn a little more about that. But um, you're getting a holistic view of medicine right. in med school for the most part, mm -hmm. you know, and they don't know the difference between the, the different doctor names, you know, there's MD and then what was it? Is it DO? DO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's doctor of, of osteopathy, osteopathy, uh, and doctor of osteopathy, the difference between that and medical doctor, medical doctor knows more about like, well, they know about the human body, but they, are specializing towards how medicine can like fix the body versus osteopathy is more so how we can do things without medicine to help the body is that correct yeah and you know the lines are pretty blurred also like in general do's are known for a more holistic approach um but you know i've been in practices where there's mds and do's working side by side and their practice looks exactly the same as each other yeah so it's it's just like a different way to get to the same end pretty much mm -hmm. um yeah yeah that's cool well dustin thank you so much for joining me on musings of an extrovert this is my second interview so congrats you're the <laughs> second interview uh it's a big deal and thank you for telling me about your med school journey and telling all all of my listeners about your med school journey uh if there's one piece of advice that you could give to people who want to get into med school, what is that piece of advice? Um, I'd say uh, it's all about your perspective. Um, whether you're trying to get into med school or you're in med school or even practicing, um, there's so much of a difference between the people I know that uh, are grateful for where they are, um, whether they're wanna, they are where they want to be or not. Um, 
just being grateful for the opportunity to be able to, you know, try these new things, yeah. uh, to try to get into med school, um, versus the people that are pessimistic and feel like, you know, more things should be given to them. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just all about perspective. Um, so just be grateful for wherever you are. Um, and just know that, you know, the Lord's watching over you and, um, he's got a plan and sometimes it's hard for us to, um, you know, wait for that plan to play out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's all about perspective. So just be grateful for where you are now. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. That's great advice for not just med school, but like life in general, be grateful for where you are. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for joining us, Dustin. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Darvin. Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Musings of an Extrovert. I am your host, Darvin Muentes. Uh, if you have the chance, and I know you do, please go ahead and uh, click on that subscribe button. Give us a like, comment. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that bell so that way you can get notifications whenever our episodes come out. And thank you for faithfully listening. I've been sharing this for the last couple episodes, but I am up to 133 average downloads a month, which is up from last week and then up from the week before that. So that means more people are listening and more people. And I have a, a, a bunch of a handful of people that have reached out to me and have talked to me about my episodes. And thank you guys for listening uh, and engaging with uh, musings of an extrovert. If you like our content, please go to muentezco.com um, slash podcast, and you can actually ask me questions that you might want me to talk about um, and that I may have already been musing about uh, and thinking about during my week. So uh, go ahead and go there and ask me a question. And as always, I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah.